This is episode number 238 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Inner Fight Podcast. My name is Mark Smith, founder of InnerFight.com, and I'm joined today by one of our new performance coaches, Ben Davies. Big thanks go out to our show sponsor, Kareem. Remember, download the Kareem app, sign up and register with a valid credit card and use the promo code INNERFIGHT for up to 100 dirhams off your first ride. And if you're coming to the gym, use the promo code INNER. If you're leaving the gym, use the promo code FIGHT for 10% off your ride with them. No matter where you are in the world, thanks for tuning in. Let's jump right in. Another very special guest that we have today on the show. Some of you might have seen around the gym before. Actually, for the last year, coming in, doing different bits of coaching whilst finishing up another job he was doing. Ben Davies, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. And welcome to Inner Fight. Now, a full-time coach with us, mate. Yes. Before we jump deep into it, how does it feel to completely change jobs? Um, a little bit nervous, a <laughs> little, little bit, um, yeah, unsure about what's going to happen, but yeah. really excited. Really, really excited. excited. Mate, we'll speak about that a little bit more later. For, to, to, to get us started, give us a little bit of background, mate. I think I know where you're from by your funny accent, but <laughs> let the people know where you're from and a little bit about what, where you grew up. Uh, so, obviously, I'm from Wales, um, <laughs> oh from no. Swansea. <laughs> uh, grew, grew up there, born, born in the same house, grew up in... Um, right. Spent summers down down the Goa, uh, South Wales, a beautiful part of the of the country. Uh, Just of the country, of or of the world, of the world, yeah, <laughs> of the world. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I had a nice, great upbringing. Yeah, played lots of sports. Uh, I have two younger brothers. Oh, so, you, so you're the oldest of three. I'm the oldest of three. Yeah. Right. So growing, yeah. yeah, two younger brothers. What's the age difference? Uh, there's one year between myself and my the middle brother, and yeah. then there's uh, six years between. Wow! So, but I imagine th- th- those the first two of you you were just outside playing sport. Oh, absolutely! The, all ga- the, time. the garden was always something. It was Wembley, really. It was Cardiff Arms Park. It was Wimbledon. It was. Was there any sport that you? I, I I know you went on, and we're going to speak about that to to play one particular sport quite successfully. Was there any sport that, as a kid, you were particularly? keen on or very good at from a young age uh i did every sport you can you can name right. uh, i i every day i'd be swimming cricket golf really uh, football rugby every day there was something how did that uh, come around though mate was that was that an influence by your parents or did you just not enjoy being in the classroom yeah um it basically i love sport right I, any kind of sport you name it i want to be outside i want to be playing so, right. something doing something right uh, and obviously i was very very lucky with my my mum and dad are very supportive yeah uh, and they would take me everywhere that i needed to go right make sure i had everything that i needed wow. Um, wow so yeah i was able to 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 do pretty well in in a lot of sports having a brother that close in age and you being the biggest how was the competition factor from a young age it must yes. have really, Very really? Yeah. give us a few examples yeah. of, of stuff that went on oh, we'd, we'd play tennis whenever Wimbledon was on we'd be out in the garden playing tennis in the drive with, using the gates as the net really uh, and we'd play kind of for, for one pound really the, so then the winner it would be double or quits then it would be double and it would, it would always end up quits no, <laughs> no one would ever give any money a few fights uh, yeah a couple of fights <laughs> a couple, couple of, of fights. fights but that was when what's your first memory of playing sport mate like what at a very young age you know you say when Wimbledon was on when you were kids but what's the first sort of memory you have how old were you four years five years old uh, I'd re- I always remember playing 
um, the, the, the football team that I played for yeah. was only under eight. Right. It was the, the first age group. Right. And I remember playing with them when I was five. Right. Um, wow. Obviously, I was very, very small. Yeah. Uh, but I was just so keen. Really? Just so keen to play. Just wanted to play. I think my first memory is, is scoring my first goal. I, I, I kind of vaguely remember yeah. things about it. Yeah. Uh, scoring my first ever, ever goal. Yeah. Wow. That must have been uh, quite interesting. See, you... You were educated in in Wales. You yeah. just went to a, a, a normal school. Tell us a little bit about school life there. Were you good in the classroom? Were you not good in the classroom? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was head boy. Were you? Yeah, in school I was. So head you boy. were proper goodie two shoes. Uh, yeah. I, to be fair, I was just scared of my dad. Oh really? <laughs> if I ever had a bad report, it would uh, it would always be really. Yeah. It was so never, that, that was the motivation. Wasn't it was it? a good motivation. But at the same time, was he was he supportive and and, and sort of give you praise of course, when you yeah. were successful? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was kind of a, yeah. a, a flip side. Yeah. But you were a goodie two shoes at school, so you're head boy of the school. Head boy of the school. Academically. Uh, yeah, okay. I probably didn't work as hard as I, I should have right. uh, in terms of work, but because the sport was such a big part of my life, I, I genuinely thought I was going to go on to, to play sport. When, um, at what age, mate? Because I think a lot of kids see that. In like, I remember when I was at school, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a sportsman. I'm not going to be one of these academics. What age did you sort of start to, I guess, convince yourself or think that sport was going to be something that you made your life from? I always knew. Really? Always, it, whatever I did, it was it would have to involve sport. Right. Um, from when I was kind of twelve and realised that I, I was doing okay with football. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was going to be my future. Right. Um, until the age of uh, nineteen or twenty. Yeah. Uh, until it kind of crashed down. Let's talk about the football because that's obviously where you 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 became very successful. You started at I mean you started at young age, but you said at twelve years old football was it so yeah. tell us a little bit about your football career mate because this is i think it's really interesting and i think a lot of people probably don't know yeah so i, I and up until i was 12 i always played uh, a year above my myself yeah um i i, I it just because of when i started and I, I grew up with the boys and i found a particular team that i enjoyed right and i always played a year above so when i when i was 12 and i had to go down into my own age group yeah um i found it quite not, not easy but yeah. obviously it was I, well, I was challenging one of the better players in, uh, around right um, and yeah I, I just always thought that that was going to be my future right uh, I worked really hard every every night I would be training for for some particular squad or a representative yeah. squad uh, in South Wales right and how, how does it work so you, did you play you played for a club side yeah. and then you transitioned to an, an area of wales yeah. and then obviously you went on to to represent wales as yeah. well so how, how did that whole system sort of come through so you kind of play for your club side um and then you go you go the, the best players in the area get invited to play for what's called a center of excellence right it's like an uh, kind of like an academy how old were you days. when you got invited to that uh 13 how does that feel, mate? Like you've obviously, you know, you, you're growing up. You realise what's going on. You decided that you wanted to be pretty good at sport, and 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 you get this invite to go to the next level. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I, was I, it? There's a few things I remember. Um, one particular thing, I went home from from school to get some kind of sports kit because yeah. I was going some training somewhere. Yeah, uh, and they, these were back in the days of the answer machine in right. uh, in the house. And I played it, and it was a guy, a uh, scout from Everton, wow, uh, who who 
phoned and said that they wanted my details and, wow. and this and that and I just remember being so excited and at 12 years old yeah wow and just kind of jumping around the living room and really yeah that's it that, yeah. I mean that's incredible isn't yeah. it so you you got called up to the to, to the center of excellence where did it go from from there well from there you the when you play, you play against other areas, centre of excellence. So we'd, right. we'd always travel to play uh, up in Coventry and Liverpool and right. Manchester and different areas and play against their centre of excellences. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of scouts would come from different clubs. Right. And that's where you'd be kind of picked up and spotted. What was that like? Because obviously it's, it's, it's a team sport. There's 11 players. What was that like moving around the country as a, as a youngster, really? You'd just become a teenager playing a game that you love and, and, and sort of getting involved with, with these other 11 guys or the squad. What was that feeling of camaraderie like? It was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Is that something that fantastic. made you want to play yeah, more? Absolutely. Is it? Absolutely. But what, what position did you play? I was striker. Is that, I mean, because you were relying on those guys to get, to get the ball up to you. And yeah. So how, how did it develop, mate? Were there challenges within that, within that team environment? Uh, at the centre of excellence, not, not too much. Right. I, again, because I was very, very confident. I was kind of, uh, without sounding, yeah. I, w- I was one of the better players. Right. Uh, so I was able to, to be confident and be kind of a, a leader in the group, I guess. Right. Um, so it, it, it was fun. It was good fun. Yeah. Uh, and the, obviously, the higher the, le- the level went, yeah. the, the less confident I became <laughs> as I was surrounded by, obviously, better players. And How did yeah. that transpire, though? Because obviously, you went on to, to, to play at age group level for yeah. Wales. So what was the journey like? Uh, it, it was fun. It was yeah. always exciting. I mean, getting different phone calls from people and, and being invited to, to different places. Yeah. Uh, and again, I remember being having a letter from and back in the day of letters before yeah, emails, yeah. Uh, saying that I was selected to go to Estonia with the, with the Welsh squad under right. 17 or 18 I think it was wow wow, um, that would be a massive honour right yeah absolutely and what so you guys was that your first was that the first time you played for Wales uh, no my first cap was actually in Ireland right uh, we played how against, old were you uh, 15 wow yeah wow what, how did that mix though with your education because a lot of footballers that we see these days don't seem like they have an education because, I mean, in the nicest possible way, because they, they're, they're so focused on football from an early age and yeah. in the end they don't, they don't really need it and then we see them washed up a number of years later. So how did the football detract from what you were doing at school? Well, again, I was very lucky. Uh, my parents were, were very, very supportive in, in everything that I did. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they made sure that uh, every everything was done with in terms of schoolwork really uh, they never let me get behind they'd, oh. they'd be on my back about obviously keeping up with schoolwork and yeah uh, and they, w- they wouldn't let me play football otherwise really so it was school first and and, yeah. and then the football yeah talk to us mate the first cap is was in ireland people reach pinnacles of sport all the way at a very early age you started to represent your country what was the feeling like when you when when you did that when when you first represented wales I know it's a third world country and all yeah. that, but, <laughs> you know, no, but what did it? What did it feel like, mate? I mean, it must have been such a such a great moment. It was. I I remember singing the anthem, really, and just kind of the goosebumps, and yeah. it, it was incredible. We played a, a Friday evening game, yeah. uh, against Republic of Ireland in a big stadium, and I don't know how many people were there watching, but Ten. it just it, yeah, <laughs> it, it felt it felt like a hundred thousand. Really, it was just, really it was just incredible. The goosebumps, it was it was fantastic. Did you guys win? Uh, we drew one one. 
Wow. Yeah. That's a fair result. I didn't then. score. But you no. didn't score? No, I didn't score. Uh, your, your, your mistake. <laughs> how did it go on from there? 15, you get your first cap. Yeah. How, how did it, it, it progress? So by that time, I'd signed for Swansea City. Right. Um, and and I, I guess that was quite a big deal, was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah are, they, are they a, I mean, they're a reasonable level club? At the time, they were Division 3. Right. Uh, they were at the bottom. Right. But... Uh, the academy was growing. Right. They had a guy uh, called Malcolm Elias who's, who then went to Southampton and kind of developed Gareth Bale and um, right. all the, the Southampton youngsters who've wow. gone on to do big things in the Premiership. Right. So that was the best choice for me at the time right. because I thought they were staying yeah. uh, and developing the academy. Right. As it happened, w- when I signed, yeah. uh, the, the month that I started, they left to no go right. to go to Southampton. Oh, right. So it kind of crashed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the money was pulled out of, of all the lower league cl- clubs. Wow. Which, again, was... Uh, very detrimental to yeah. my career. So you, you sort of signed to, to, to go to Swansea on a contract to get paid to play football yeah. at, at that young age. And then it was all, I mean, essentially it all gets pulled away from you. Yeah. What happened? I mean, what happened next? That's incredible. I was, I was very lucky, again, because of my parents' support uh, in, in school. Yeah. That, that I had uh, good qualifications in terms of GCSEs. Right. So I was able to... Obviously, I didn't do A-levels because football took over. Right. Um, so I was able to get a scholarship to, to university right. uh, through football. Wow. Um, so that, that was... So which was university did you go to? I went to UIC in Cardiff. Right. To uh, study... Sports, yeah, sports, uh, sports management. So you studied sports management, but then you went on to, to do your... What was it's it called? called P- PGCE? Yes. Yes. Yeah, very well read. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Which stands for... <laughs> Postgraduate Certificate of Education. Ah, yes, exactly there right. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> and, but what was it? Because obviously you, you did sports management and then you decided, because the PGCE is an extra year, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So then how did you decide you wanted to become a teacher? Um, I, I was, at the end of the degree, I didn't know what to do. I was, it was a case of do my PGCE yeah. or I was going to do my um, PT course. Right. Uh, the pre- I think it's called Premier Training Course. It was back then. Again, yeah, 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 fif- yeah. Fifteen, yeah, twenty yeah, years Premier, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough to get on the PGC course. Yeah, which was which was fantastic. Um, and obviously finished the year. Uh, and in my second placement, the yeah. the headmaster of another school was friendly with the headmaster of the school that I was in the placement with. Right. Uh, he called me at the end of the placement. Yeah. It was. A particular, particularly big Swansea City fan. Really? We talked football for half an hour on the phone and he offered me the job. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Just, and, so, yeah. And, and it's as easy as that. It was, yeah. yeah. What, but when you started out doing the PGC, was, was there any o- other option but to teach PE or was that all that no, you wanted it was, to No, it was always sport. Was it? It was always sport. So you didn't want to be a maths teacher no. that was good at football no. or, or anything like that? You no. just wanted to teach sport? Absolutely. And by this yeah. stage, mate, was, was football, were you still playing or, or, or was it sort of like, that? that's it really? No, at the end of, at the end of university, I made a choice. Right. Um, kind of the, the football career was, the, the Welsh League is not as right. competitive and, and you have to travel to North Wales and right. it, it's big, big travel. So I just decided to go back and play play rugby i'd always played rugby growing up right uh all my friends play rugby for the for the local team wow. so i just decided 
it's a pretty good standard. Yeah, kind of Division Two in in Wales. So, how, so how old are you at this stage? Uh, I was twenty one, twenty two, maybe. That's incredible because that doesn't happen often, does it? Where no. someone, I mean, obviously you played a lot of sport as as a youngster, but then you've had a professional career, really, for for, for what it's worth during your teens in football, and then at twenty one you decide to play rugby. Yeah, what was yeah. it that? What what was it that made you go back? Because there's there's all this obviously arguments of r- football players are puffs to rugby players and yeah. all this stuff. What what was it that made you wanted to go and play rugby? Uh, it was it was just again because the standard wasn't as high as I was used to playing. Yeah, uh, and I was just thought, well, I I don't want to do this and play at this kind of standard. Right. So I'll just go back and give give rugby a shot. I know yeah. I'm going to have to work ten times as hard yeah to to you know to get back to the standard of rugby that I used to play yeah um, and I was I just wanted to do that I wanted a challenge incredible mate talk to us about the early days of being a PE teacher because you're obviously a good athlete what was the transition like of getting some obviously some kids that were not very talented and trying to make them do what came to you as something that's probably very very straightforward yeah it was hard uh very hard at the start i had to, l- to learn to be a lot uh, a lot more patient than i am right uh so obviously uh, it, it's over over the past 10 years then my patience has, has kind of got a lot better <laughs> yeah uh, but at the start it was difficult there were, there were there were lots of challenges yeah but that's i think that's the idea of the pgc is to kind of to enable you to uh to learn that even though you love sport, yeah, not everybody does. How know? did you challenge yourself to impart that on people? Though, because you'd obviously seen the benefits of sport in your life and enjoyed what sport brings. Like you said, being in that team environment. Yeah. How do you manage to get that into? Because some people just need. I think sometimes their eyes opening to how what a positive impact sport brings yeah. so how how did you how do you get that into kids just always try to be a good role model right um i, I mean kind of going in there uh, being somebody who trains yeah. quite often to to 11 to, to 15 year old boys who who want to go to the gym and they want to have muscles and yeah it, it's kind of it's kind of a good start yeah um but yeah just try to be a good role model and and try to be enthusiastic about sport and say look it doesn't matter how how good you are just just enjoy it just do something you know just enjoy enjoy doing what you're doing speaking of role models when you were young who did you look up to in in early years and did it change as you became a teenager and sort of moved through um people like Kenny Douglas and really? Ian Rush were my, my <laughs> heroes. Liverpool, yeah, yeah Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure how heroes. many people that listen will even know. No, they won't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's what amazing. But th- those, because why? They just encompassed everything that you... Yeah, I guess so. Um, my favourite footballer was, was Mark Hughes, who right. played for Man United. Like, yeah, and um, Wales. Just because he played the way that I used to play. Right. Uh, he wasn't a fancy player. He, he didn't score... Hundreds of goals, but he he just worked his socks off for the team, right? Uh, and he did all the things that would able enable other people to to score the goals and get get a bit of glory. Did it change when obviously those guys, as you became, uh, as you as you sort of got to university and stuff, those guys stopped playing. Yeah. Who do you look to now? Sort of what do 
you look to people in football? Are, are there any specific role models you've got? There? Uh, leaders. I, I love people who are leaders. Yeah. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, obviously. Yeah. Um, just people who are good leaders. Roy Keane. Yeah. Steven Gerrard. People like people like this. I, I've read their books, their autobiographies, and they're just fantastic and inspiring. Yeah. Is uh, are most of you have most of your role models come or people that you sort of respect come from football? Um, yeah, just because it was such a big part of my life. Yeah, it, it was a, it was literally every day, yeah. morning, evening, every, yeah. every day, constant for ten, twelve years, nonstop. Let's go back to the, the to, to the teaching, mate. What age did you start? What age kids did you start with? Uh, secondary school, so um, eleven to eighteen. What's the biggest challenges in that age category as a teacher? As a teacher, getting people to understand uh, that education is so important. Right. Uh, they, they, they just think they're going to get through life kind of as, as they're going. Yeah. And they, they don't realize that you need these A-levels, you need GCSEs, you need to have uh, a degree to get good jobs. How do you they? get that over when you're the one teaching them PE though? Well, you can just do your best in terms of PE. Yeah. Uh, PE is something that a lot of the people who are not academic, yeah. that's what they choose to, to do for their, for their GCSEs. Right. So you just have to kind of make sure that they get their, at least one GCSE in, <laughs> in that subject. Um, PE so, yeah, and general studies. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 40% theory work. Right. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of the, obviously when they're 14, 15 and they're picking their subjects they see PE and think yeah I'll, I'll do PE and yeah. take the football around for yeah. for two years but that's not what it is yeah. uh, there's I a lot of theory, work. The theory I did yeah. PE at GCSE yeah. I used to hate the theory side yeah. they, I, they uh, do I everybody did. does really yeah. you would have you been, been a pain in school oh I mate I was the worst <laughs> I, I honestly and, and, and I say this now and I, I figured it out a few years ago I, I didn't have any interest in being in school yeah. I didn't want to learn I, I I wasn't interested. I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn two or three things. I wanted to learn maths. I wanted to learn business studies and economics, and I wanted to do sport. And that's yeah. it. The rest of the time, I spent in the classroom just trying to be disruptive. Yeah, like it was my goal. Yeah. I'd, I'd 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 be a teacher's nightmare. <laughs> I, I think even now, a lot when I I think sometimes when I when I go and I get coached, I'm probably one of the most annoying people. I I want to learn, but. I only want to learn what I want to learn, which yeah. is very, which is very close-minded. But that's what I was like in school. And I think it's, it's it's you sort of had it worked out that you wanted to play sport, and I'd had it worked out that I wanted to do sport. I also liked business, and I was good in math, so yeah. that's kind of what it, what it was about. It's uh, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't good. You said something about Mark Hughes. The reason why you you sort of respected him as a role model is because he worked hard. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about that hard work equation mate and sort of what we're seeing now because i personally think we're seeing a lot of people that think things are going to happen for them yeah behind your football career was you you've made it you've made very light of it but i imagine there was just hours and hours of hard work oh, that constant. went in talk to us a little bit about hard work and, and 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 sort of i mean that's obviously one of your one of your strengths now as well yeah um, I think people kind of see the the end result. They see wh- when you play football. They see uh, when you when you're football training. They don't they don't see the the other parts. Yeah, the parts where you wake up at kind of six a.m. to go and, and run, yeah. or wh- when you when you're out until nine p.m. in the evening training and, and you know working really hard on your own. 
Yeah. They, don't, they don't see that part. Uh, and I think it's very, very important. Well, it, it is. It's the most important thing that you can do. When you moved to Dubai, which was seven years ago? 2010. So just yeah, yeah six, years. Six, year, yeah. six years ago. You moved from, I mean, from the comfort of your own home, yeah. from, from Wales out to, why did you move here? Um, I was in a job. I'd been in a secondary job for four years right. uh, in a comprehensive school. Um, and the teachers that were there, that I would that were around, around me in the staff room, yeah. they'd been there for 25, 30 years right. in the same school. Um, and there was one particular parent's evening and... and the, the teachers would say, oh, I taught so-and-so's dad, and I taught so this one's dad. Yeah. And there was one particular teacher who said, oh, I taught their granddad. Oh, dear. And <laughs> I just thought, you know what, I, I, it, it's just not for me. Right. Uh, I just want, I need something different. I don't want to be sat here in 30 years right. wondering what could have happened. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was what, what prompted me to... And to how, why did you choose Dubai? Um, I had a friend, a friend of mine who knew... A guy who works at DC called Andy Jones. Right. Um, obviously from that. Wales. Yeah, yeah. We, all, we all know each other. I used to play rugby with Andy yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Right. Really good guy. <laughs> yes. um, and he invited me over for, for a few days just to, to kind of have a look around. Right. So I came, looked around, and, and I actually took a job in 2008. Right. Uh, but it, luckily I came out and seen where they were going to put me to live, and it was, it was not very good. <laughs> so I, I ended up turning that one down. Right. But... I, I love Dubai from right. from being here that time that I stayed with Andy Jones. I, I absolutely love Dubai. Yeah. So I knew it was kind of going to be coming. Right. And then 2010. You 2010. Uh, single boy. I yeah. just thought, yeah, you know what? No, it's now or never. Yeah. And, and you got to get up and go and do it. <laughs> I mean, mate, that's something that a lot of people do, and also a lot of people don't do as well. Yeah. I, I, I guess. Speaking a little bit specifically about obviously what we do here, what, what you're going to be doing here. I mean, you started to you started coaching with us at, as uh, on a part time basis about a year ago, mate. That was when you were immersed in in, in more adults probably than you've ever ever coached yeah. before in, in in that time. Yeah. Talk to us about the crossover of kids to adults. What are the differences? What are the challenges? How does it all stack up? Um, I, I found it easier, to be honest. Did you? Uh, I mean, every adult who's in the classes has chosen to come. Right. They, they've chosen to be here. They've chosen to walk in through the door. They've chosen yeah. to, to come and train. Yeah. Um, whereas in school, maybe kind of 30% want to be doing P or want to be doing that particular sport that we're doing. Right. Uh, right. For example, if we're doing netball in school, yeah. then the boys don't want to be taking part. Right. If you're doing football, most of the girls, unfortunately, They're don't want to be taking part. Right. Although they are getting more uh, more into it. Yeah. But I mean, everyone, all the adults who come into the classes here have, have chosen a beer. Right. Uh, and th- that's the hardest part of teaching. Really? It's kind of encouraging people to to take full full part of the of the lesson or of the of, of the class so you basically you've gone from only 30 percent being focused on what you're saying to everyone sort of ready to listen well 98 percent 98 Muhammad Kassim doesn't never listen. <laughs> talk to us mate about because what what we generally see a, a lot in in, in 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 people in later life when they're sort of maybe 35 or 40 is that everything that you taught them in school they've forgotten because yeah. they've stopped PE and, and a lot of people for, for, for right or for wrong, and to me it's very sad, stop any form of physical exercise when they leave school or u- leave university. Yeah. And they wake up 15 to 20 years later and realize that they really need to sort themselves out. Yeah. So what we, what we obviously see is, 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 is a, 
a similar scenario to when kids are unable to move in a way that you want them to. What about in adults? What do you see the same in adults and, and how do you overcome it? Um, I mean, in, in school, it, and this is one of the reasons why I've kind of decided to change yeah. uh, change careers is because it's very frustrating. Uh, we have to teach to the same specification, specifications of, uh, of, for example, a maths lesson. Right. Uh, and they have to be critiqued in the same way. Wow. Um, so, for example, an outstanding P lesson yeah. would involve evaluation, pair discussions, group discussions. Oh, my God. And they're actually active for maybe 25% of the time. Right. Um, where, in my opinion, they should just be active. For the whole no, time. Not yeah. every kid ev- needs to learn how to serve a vo- in a volleyball. The, yeah. The, the, you know, the correct dynamics for, for a serve in volleyball or for a smash in volleyball. Yeah. They're never going to use it in their lives. Right. Um, so, in my opinion, they should be concentrating on moving. Yeah. But the school system is going against that and it's going kind of more towards having numeracy and literacy in all lessons, including PE. Wow. Which is what? quite pr- frustrating. Mate. Building on that, what will happen or what will be going on in schools in 10 to 15 years when it I comes to PE and stuff? If that's the way that it's going, yeah. we sort of... So we, we've got an issue now that people are sedentary and, and if we look at that population, 30 to 40-year-olds, they're not active enough. Yeah. We've got obesity, we've got heart disease, people are dying young, yeah. blah, 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 blah. We know the whole story. But if we're, if we're giving people a couple of hours of PE a week, and the curriculum says that we can only teach them for, like you said, 25% of that time. Yeah. Aren't we, are we breeding people to be inactive? Absolutely, yeah. So it's going to yeah. be even worse. I, I think it will be. In terms of PE in school needs to change dramatically. Really? Uh, it needs to go back to being physical. Yeah. Rather than kind of trying to, um, trying to make it the same as a maths lesson or an English lesson where they... They're evaluating on iPads and they they watch. Yeah. All right, they they they're doing a performance and they're watching it back and yeah, yeah, it's great. But yeah. within the hour, they they sat down for more than half of it. Wow, you know, and and for me, physical education, especially in Dubai, because there's not a lot of places for for children to go, yeah. and for kids to go and play, just kind of out on the street and things. Yeah, uh, and that's the only time they're ever active. Wow, is in PE. So yeah. it sh- in my opinion, it should go back to being a lot more physical. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's frightening. I never knew that it, it, it had got to that. That's a that's a, that's a yeah. big problem. Yeah, talking back to teaching, and, and 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 now that you're teaching strength and conditioning, CrossFit, what are the things that you can bring from teaching? Okay, you've got an audience that actually wants to listen to you. That's yeah. a massive bonus. What are the other things that I mean? You've taught for ten years. You must have. Every trick and technique in the book to get people motivated and to, and, and to move and to do stuff. What are some of the things that you find yourself able to use with adults that's just super effective? Um, I, I don't know. I think I just do it kind naturally. Of naturally. I've yeah. been, as I said, I've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. Um, I, I find that obviously it's, it's a lot easier. The, the, the people are motivated anyway. So yeah. the, the biggest issue... That, that I've always had in teaching, I don't have to think about. Right. Um, so I can just enjoy, and I love coaching, I love yeah. the, the, the members. Yeah. I think they're all great. So yeah. it, it's, just, it's just good fun, and I can have a little bit of fun with, with the members yeah. while kind of teaching them. I think I know how, how people like to learn and, and how people learn yeah. in different ways, right. uh, which also helps a lot. How, how do people, wh- how would you categorize how people learn and how they like to learn? Um, 
I, I mean, people learn in different ways. Yeah. Like, boys, for example, learn a lot different to girls. Girls are far more intuitive. They, they, they're far more kind of questioning and asking why, why we're doing this and, yeah. and is there a reason why we're doing that. Whereas guys just kind of, they like to just do. Right. You know, whereas girls actually think about what they're doing. Um, that's, and, and so that's a positive and a negative, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And I don't want to just kind of say boys at boys yeah, yeah, yeah. because everyone's yeah. uh, got their own different ways you know yeah. but, but it's yeah it's just very very different the way that different people learn nothing like a a, a, a girl to overthink something no. probably shouldn't go no, there, no, but, but no. still mate some 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 quick fun questions aside from teaching what's been your worst job ever tesco night <laughs> shift stacking, <laughs> really? shelves. stacking shelves at Horrendous. tesco what age were you when you did that yeah, about 21, 28. I was in university. Really? Just a few pennies to get oh, by? Oh, it was horrendous. For, was it? Oh. Night shift. Christmas time. Oh. Really? <laughs> What's your favourite place for a holiday? Maldives. You've just come just back come from back. there. <laughs> where, where will you go to retire? Oh, good question. Um, home. Home? Yeah, home. Back to Wales? We've, we've got a big family, uh, aunties and uncles and cousins and yeah back back home 20 years from now what does you're married we'll speak a little bit about your wife in a second 20 years from now what does your family look like uh few kids yeah yeah um my wife and i a nice gym yeah in a fight maybe <laughs> in wales <laughs> in wales there we go mate jumping into crossfit and and just to round it out for the last few minutes obviously you sort of You've been fit your whole life. You played rugby. Fitness came up. What was your first experience in CrossFit? Because you've been, you have a little bit of a reputation for being a bodybuilding guy. Yeah. Um, for right or for wrong, you're incredibly strong. You look very good. What was your first experiences in CrossFit? Uh, it was actually DFC, uh, right. 2013. Right. Uh, it was in the ice rink. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of. I was fed up of just doing bodybuilding and going to the gym and having no kind of goals and nothing yeah. to work towards. Yeah. So I, I started off doing a few triathlons. Right. Um, quite competitive in it. Yeah. Uh, did okay. Yeah. And then I kind of realized that I was probably a little bit too heavy. Right. Uh, because I didn't want to be, be skinny. I don't like being yeah. kind of under 80 kilos. Right. right. Um, so DFC came up. Yeah. Um, I went down and kind of did the qualification, yeah. managed to qualify. Uh, but I'd done a lot of work again, like I mentioned, I, I'd done a lot of work on my own. I yeah. had a gym upstairs in my building with a with a rower. Right. And I'd literally just do every morning would be some kind of interval work. Right. Rower, kettlebell, burpees. Really? Just very, very basic. So you're already doing what we know sort of CrossFit style yeah, workouts exactly. before. Yeah. yeah. The competition give you a lot of did it give you a lot of motivation or yeah, absolutely. how do you feel after absolutely. it well there were guys who kind of i know have been doing crossfit for four or five years yeah uh and i i managed to beat a lot of them wow so i was uh, yeah i was i was super pleased with with how that went and then i thought oh i i'm gonna give this crossfit a crack yeah and yeah i just went from there wow went from there. and mate as far as teaching it when did you sort of, I mean, I guess because you're a teacher, it was a natural thing, but when did you sort of think, actually, I like this, I, 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 I want to I be able to teach it, I want to learn how to teach it? Yeah, it was w- while I was doing it. Yeah. While I was doing it, it, it it's, fitness has always been my passion. I've, I've loved always working hard and, yeah. and learning how to be fit and learning new things. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, well, th- this is what I love. 
this is what I love doing. Um, and there's there's opportunities in especially in Dubai to to go and coach, yeah. to go and coach something that, that that I love. Right. So yeah, that was it was a kind of no brainer. Moving from obviously you played team sports for a long time. What was we speak a lot and and and, and the CrossFit is CrossFit is known for the community that it brings. How similar is that to? sport the sporting background that you came from and how important do you think it is especially in a country like dubai i, I it's mass it's super important yeah. being part of a team is is super important i know crossfit is a uh, an individual sport yeah but when you when we're training kind of in, in the red zone classes and, yeah. and with you guys it's 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 got that team environment yeah uh, i think the fact that we've all played team sports in the past helps a lot yeah because right. i think that breeds a different kind of personality yeah um which which is which is fantastic yeah um so yeah i mean even though it's a t it's an individual uh competition and usually an individual sport yeah it, it is a team environment i mean well. that's the, that's the funniest thing isn't it because literally every day in the class it's 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 man on man yeah there's no i mean okay we have team workouts we have some partner workouts but it's you know it's and you can see members are going head-to-head with each other when yeah. we train we go head-to-head with each other and then it breeds this incredible community yeah, feel around it yeah. so it, yeah. it, it's quite unique isn't it, is, it it really is it really is talking about working out what's your favorite crossfit workout Ooh. if you were to pick one i want a favorite and then least favorite either way around you can give your least favorite first favorite would be running yeah and dumbbell snatches really yeah just somehow yeah longer Grown. or shorter longer 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 20 minutes plus yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twenty-four minutes will be nice. You're quite good at grinding them out, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I like I like a long workout. <laughs> a longer one. Least favorite workout would include anything short. Fran, really? Yeah, horrendous. You did Fran the other week. Yeah, <laughs> hung over apparently. Yeah, a bit, as well. yeah. <laughs> but mate, you did a great time on it. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't too. It was bad. okay, mate. When you look at sort of the 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 people that are coming into crossfit now we've got kids we've got teenagers we've got professionals and 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 it goes all the way boys girls uh what would be sort of for people thinking about starting a fitness journey what would be your advice to them or a couple of bits of advice that you know just to from because you you've got an incredible amount of experience in, in dealing with people and teaching like you say how people learn what how could you sum up sort of people getting into strength and conditioning in a fight training crossfit uh just be patient yeah be patient don't think that you can come in and do things straight away yeah uh, you need to learn you need to learn the techniques how first. do you contain that though mate because you you i mean that's a that's a great point that we've got to because you must have seen that in the kids as well yeah. like when i was a kid and when it sounds like when you're a kid you just want to do 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 yeah. do how do you contain that patience you just have to try the best you can in, in terms of classes and, and when you're doing PT with, yeah. with them. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always good to, to, to let them do something that they want to do. Right. Uh, especially with the, with the younger members. Right. Leave them do something for maybe five minutes that they, yeah. they want to do or think that they can do. Yeah. Then they realize they can't. Right. And then they think, okay, this guy actually knows what he's so talking about. So sometimes just let people get on with it. Sometimes that's the best way. Yeah. yeah. Just let people kind of learn from their mistakes. Yeah. We've all done them. We've all made them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it, it's sometimes the best way and, and is the best way to make them understand why why we're here and why we do what we do. Absolutely. Any, any more advice you can share for people before we wrap it up? 
Uh, just work hard every day. It comes back to the same thing, doesn't <laughs> every it? Every day, just work hard. I think that's a good point, mate. I think that's one thing that we definitely see in you. You sort of just rock up and people have seen it over the last year. You just come, just do the work, keep quiet and just keep working. Yeah. I think that's one of the things, especially in a lot of the guys that... For those that don't know the role models that Ben sort of spat out there, the characteristic is very similar. Most of them don't really say too much, but work very hard. Yeah, Mate, we're looking yeah. forward to having you here full-time, Thank every you. day. If members want to see Ben, if they want to do some training with Ben, or they just want to speak to him, he seems like a nice guy. You've listened to him for 40 minutes. <laughs> you can get a hold of him at the gym. Mate, best of luck. We're really looking forward to it, and thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot for tuning into this episode of the podcast, folks. I do hope you've enjoyed it. And thanks also to Ben for his useful insights there on moving from being a teacher to being a coach. Of course, you'll see him around the gym. Say hello to him. He'll be more than happy to help you in any way. Massive thanks, as always. Go out to Kareem, our show sponsor. Download the Kareem app. Sign up and register with Valley Credit Card. Use the promo code INNERFIGHT for up to 100 dirhams off your first ride. And if you're coming to the gym, use the promo code INNER. If you're leaving the gym, use the promo code FIGHT for 10% off your ride. With that. If you have time, please take a moment to hold on to iTunes and rate the podcast. We'd really appreciate that. And of course, if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, hop over to our YouTube channel. You'll find it there. If you have any questions for the podcast or people you want to see on the show, just drop us a mail, winning at innerfight.com. Until next time, take care.